So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day, here's a comment we just got uh, from Rebus University from the Five Alive course. Short, simple, and straight to the point, this course was like a yummy happy hour appetizer. Not too much to implement right away, and I finished it in one sitting. Now, time to digest, implement, and then go get seconds. Super yummy, makes me want to take the whole meal. So that was from the Five Alive mini course. Now we have a mini course. If you guys want to taste it on rebusuniversity.com for the Five Alive, just a, a short mini course just to give you a taste of it. Much cheaper, obviously, as well. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first, and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, rock stars. I have a great guest today coming from Old Town, Alexandria, Virginia. He's got a great story about how he shifted gears from a top agent to a top broker and uh, what happened with that and what he's doing now and how his life looks now. It's a, it's a very interesting story and I love the story. So I was like, I got to get this guy on the show. So without further ado, Will Wired, welcome to Real Estate hey. Rockstars. Hey, Pat. Thanks for having me on today. Hey, listen, Will, why don't you give our audience a little rundown on you so they get to know you better? Okay. Um, so uh, me in a nutshell... Uh, got into real estate. I got my real estate license uh, when I was 18 years old as a sales agent and then practiced real estate throughout college and then uh, became a broker at 21 in the state of Virginia. And then I managed my father's company, small, small company for three years as the principal broker um, before I kind of broke off and became an associate broker for a small firm in, uh, in, real, uh, in Arlington Realty, a uh, real estate company called Arbor Realty. And after Three years there, um, became uh, one of the top agents in Northern Virginia and uh, was uh, featured in the Washingtonian in uh, 2015, I believe. And then at that time, you know, was very, very busy, pretty much slept, uh, ate and dreamed real estate and uh, the, the deals I was working on. And then uh, at that point in time, I uh, got approached with a new opportunity to become a managing broker. Um, so uh, I uh, came on board with Weikert Realtors right at the uh, end of 2015, going into 2016, and then I managed an office in Vienna, Virginia, and then I got promoted to the office here in Old Town, Alexandria, where I now am the uh, managing broker. Wow. And how many agents do you have out of that office? We have 110 agents. Uh, last year, we did about $281 million in volume, and we did about 537 transactions. Wow. Okay. And to take you back to 2014-ish, like yeah. what were you 
you know, how many houses were you selling then? So on at, for 2014, I did about 14 million in volume. I did uh, residential and commercial. Uh, so collectively, I think that year so upwards of over 50 transactions. Wow! And and did you, just yourself? Yes, it was just me. I mean, I we would consider ourselves a team, but uh, all of us individually uh, were responsible for our own client list. So you had a you had a small team then. Of support, but not, no, no one where we would uh, share deals or anything. It was just oh, more from an ad perspective. From an admin. Okay. So you're essentially a solo agent. You had some admin staff. You were running pretty hard. So, you know, what attracted me most about you was the story uh, that you tell about Machu Picchu. Can you tell us that? Yeah. So, you know, one thing that I always found was important, you know, when I would travel, you know, either around the country, or around the world was never to have an out of office. So I always wanted my clients to know that I was available. And so I would always use an interna- international phone plan. And I would, out of uh, office, you mean like um, a message that they get automatically on email or whatever, or a voicemail that says, hey, you can't get me on my vacation. Exactly. Yep. So I never wanted one of those because, you know, I think it would hurt the relationship. And, uh, you know, if I had been trying to follow up with an, a lead for three or four weeks. And then they finally got back to me and saw something like that uh, come across, you know, I, I thought that. I would probably never, you know, close that lead. So I want to make sure that they knew that I was always available for them. But anyway, yeah, so I was, I found myself down in Machu Picchu or down in Peru. And uh, I was with my uh, fiance at the time. Now we're married to my wife. And I was, (laughs) we were, we were on a bus going through the mountains of Machu Picchu. Some, you know, signal was spotty, but you know, I, I upped for the most high level uh, phone plan I could. And I was on the edge of Machu Picchu and I got a ring at the top of, uh, you know, top of the mountain. And uh, it was a lender saying, hey, just want to let you know, uh, we got the pre-approval in for your client. They're good to go. All set. You know, the contract's good. And I didn't tell them where I was, but my wife turned to me and just said, you better get off the phone because we're on top of Machu Picchu and you just need to turn it off. But I found myself (laughs) at that point where I was like, wow, I'm I'm in the middle. I'm literally in the middle of nowhere, like, you know, whatever altitude it was. And I'm taking a call from a lender about a pre-approval for my client. Right. Which uh, which at the end of the day is not important right i mean like it probably you know what i mean like it's yeah could have been an email and he could have just told it to the buyer directly right didn't even need to tell you the only reason he was telling you was probably to get your social approval that he's a good lender yeah you know and so and and that's how it always is with with circumstances like that right like if we ever were to look at the messages that we get throughout the day less than five percent are probably like critical to a deal falling through or a deal making it, you know? Exactly. So your yeah, wife nothing was, was on fire. Yeah. Your, your wife was WTF on you. And then you had this, this powerful, you know, moment that was life changing, right? I mean, at that time you went into the mystic there, let's say and saw Machu Picchu, you came home and what'd you do? So, yeah. So when I came back, you know, I just realized that, you know, all right, I've proven to myself that I can do it. I became, you know, became a top agent, you know, at least in my region. And, you know, I was looking for a different kind of challenge within the real estate industry. So at that point, I got approached by a few different, it was just luck of the draw. It's weird how, you know, how life works with opportunities to go into management and manage real estate office because of just the shift in, in the real estate industry, at least in our region. So I got approached uh, by Weikert Realtors uh, here in Northern Virginia and took on the uh, role as a managing broker for their Vienna office 
And, you know, it brings a whole new set of challenges, but at the same time, you know, you're dealing with agents more, not clients. So if, so the communication also is different in itself. And so what's your schedule like now? Well, it's just, it's a lot like I, it was when I was selling real estate, just with uh, different challenges in terms of, you know, on the weekends, I, I tend to go by uh, my agents, open houses, uh, br- you know, other, other brokerages, open houses uh, during the week. You know, it's uh, not necessarily nine to five, a lot of evening calls like I did with clients, but uh, it's also a lot of, you know, business development and uh, support to new agents and experienced agents with them growing their business. You know, in my office alone, I have agents that are 22 and I have some agents that are 78. So there's a huge uh, generational gap across the board for you know people who've been in the industry since the 70s to someone who's just coming into the industry. And, uh, and so, how are uh, you, Will? I am 29. Okay, and you were just in the 30 under 30, 2016, right, or 15? Uh, yeah, so 2016, um, I think they and they announced it uh, in 2017. I was one of the 30 under 30 for NAR, the National Association of Realtors in the United States. That's awesome, dude! Congratulations. Thank you. A so, lot of hard work. That was my that was my main goal when I first got into real estate was to achieve, to get on that level. Oh, is that right? And yep. what's, what's neat is you didn't get on there as an agent. You got on there as an you know an office manager. Yeah, yeah, that was that was interesting. As one of two managing brokers or brokers that made the list this year, everyone else was either an agent or a team lead. Attention, real estate agents who want to win more listings. Want to discover the secrets of how to create wealth and freedom by embracing the listing life without the pain of getting rejected by sellers and losing listings to more experienced agents? If so, then join me on a very special free webinar event titled How to Beat Experienced and Egotistical Listing Agents Without Commission Cutting and Overpricing. On this training, you'll discover the answers every real estate agent needs to know to instantly win more listings, including the six most widely used scripts to get a seller to sign the listing paperwork, the three success hacks to combat an agent with a huge track record of success, and the four easiest statements that instantly get sellers to pay higher commissions. These three things and so, so much more. So if you're serious about wanting to win more listings without getting rejected by sellers and losing listings to more experienced agents, register now for this special event that will show you exactly how to create wealth and freedom by embracing the listing life. Register now at hybendigital.com backslash listing or by texting the word listing to 444-999. That's listing to 444-999. And make sure to stick around for the huge game-changing offer that you won't receive anywhere else. That's listing to 444-999 or online at hybendigital.com backslash listing. See you there. So why do you think that is? Well, um, I didn't get it the first time, to be honest with you. I've applied uh, over three times over the course of my career, but I think really at the end of the day, it was, you know, I realized it was my last year. I said, hey, 
you know, what the heck? I'm gonna I'm gonna apply. You know, I no, thought why, in the previous years. Why did they I'd, pick you though? Why do Why do you think? Like they usually don't pick brokers or office managers. Yeah. And you know, some would say all office managers are the same, which we know isn't true. And I, I'm this is kind of a rhetorical. I think sure. I know the answer to this. Humble. I want you to be. You know, what are you doing differently? than all the other office managers out there that uh, people should know about. Okay. Yeah. So one thing that we do here, and the one reason why I think I won was, you know, the level of responsibility that I guess I have, uh, you know, as 29 for an office that it does about 300 million a year for the size of company that I have is pretty big uh, feat in itself. What we do here, you know, throughout the day is we utilize social media. We utilize all the tools of the, that are available to agents and implementing what's out there for an agent to, to grow their business and be successful. And what I do is I find what works best for an agent and not all agents are, you know, can use the same kind of tools and same kind of uh, processes to make them successful and find out what works best for them. And so if you come into my office, we're going to sit down, we're going to put together a strategic plan to grow your business, and then we're going to implement that plan. And so that's what we do here day in and day out every day. And some agents, like I said, that are older, we have to look at certain things that might uh, appeal to their skill set. Uh, and the same thing for somebody who's just getting into real estate. So how, how does a 78, did you have any, do you have any pushback or, you know, a reaction or disrespect from a 78 year old agent or even a 50 year old agent? Here comes in this whippersnapper at the time, 27 years old, you know, trying to tell them what to do or how to manage or, you know what I'm saying? Did you, yeah. Like? yeah. So it was interesting. And to be honest with you, yeah, I initially, I remember the day they announced me for initially, I took over for a manager who had uh, was on her way to retirement. She retired. She selected me as her replacement and she had been managing the office for 11 years. And when I came on board, I remember the day I was sitting in the back of the room, the uh, RVP at the time came in and said, hey, so this young guy who's, sit, who's been in the office for the last six weeks, just kind of watching y'all is now your new managing broker. And <laughs> the looks and the, some were happy, some were looking at me in disbelief. It, it was a very interesting moment. But, you know, really at the end of the day, treating everyone with respect was the important thing from my perspective. But yeah, I got pushed back. Like, you don't know anything, you know, you can't teach me anything that I don't already know about real estate. But, you know, I pretty much just took it as a challenge and said, okay, we're going to work on this together. And it was funny to see the transition from week one to say month three and how you know I approached each agent and really just said, okay, what are you doing now in your business? Is there opportunities to kind of grow it to the next level? Um, what are those things that you're currently using? What are those things that you're not using? To be honest with you, the older agents were really good at follow-up and really, really good at retention, going to events, meeting people. Whereas on the younger side, they were really good at the computer systems, really good at the you know at the systems that are that are up and coming. You know, all the CRMs and all the other uh, lead gen systems there. So kind of bridging that gap. Yeah. Okay. So I want to stop you there and I, yeah. I, I want to analyze that a little bit if you don't mind. I'm sure. Sit on that. Okay. So the older agents were good. Let's just say we're better than the younger agents and we're going to generalize here, but that's the point. Yeah. We're better than the younger agent at consistent follow-up and lead gen and the younger yep. agents were better than the older agents at technology, let's say, and, and using sure. artificial intelligence to save them time. So yep. wh why was that? Why is that? 
I think the principles that, you know, that they were taught on at the time, you know, someone who was in the industry 30 years ago, 40 years ago, they didn't have, I mean, I remember when I first got into real estate, MapQuest was just coming out. So I went from MapQuest Remember to TomTom. Tom. never happened to MapQuest. <laughs> oh, in my car, I used to have stacks lesson. of paper, That's stacks of paper yeah. with directions. I so saw, I, I saw you know. MapQuest. I saw someone print something out like last year on MapQuest and and I was like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. Well, that, and that's a good lesson too about never think that these companies are going to last forever. MapQuest. Anyways, you threw me off. So, okay. So how, how did you successfully get your agents to merge the old fashioned service with uh -huh. the high tech, you know, with the high tech of today? How do you merge those two? Because really success in real estate, I think you hit it right on the head is a merger of those two, right? You can't succeed without consistent follow-up nope. and without incredible service, uh, but it also saves you a lot of time so you don't need to be taking phone calls on Machu Picchu because there's systems in place where the lender will automatically be able to reach out to the buyer sure. and, and tell everybody at once you know, that the loan is approved, right? So how yeah. do you merge those two so, you know what I mean? So that you have a yeah. complete agent. This is good. Yeah, no, I think really it's a value add proposition. So between the two, you know, you have someone who is very good at follow, very good at the, you know, I always call it as like speed dating almost where you're sitting mm -hmm. down with somebody and you, and you have to get them to buy into you as a value add proposition. And they're very good at that. So bringing that in and then also bringing in elements that, you know, we've discussed a little bit about you know utilizing now that now that you have this and you've captured this uh, client and this person that you're working with to help them find or, or sell a home to then time management and certain things you know for example you know apps that are out there and, and different uh, systems that are available that are very easy to implement can save a, an agent who's very used to utilizing paper for example DocuSign and maybe they haven't used DocuSign in the past to then streamline their their business by just implementing small things to help them with their time management and get them back to what they know best, which is building those relationships with their clients and growing it organically. So those are some of the things that we, that I implemented. So, you know, they all had these manila folders. They had these uh, big, thick <laughs> yeah. binders of things. And I said, well, do you know about these, <laughs> do you know about the software out there for 1999 or whatever that will save you, you know, and they were, you know, driving out at nine o'clock at night to deliver the contract right. and, and things like that uh, to help you out. And they're like, no, I did not know about that, but thank you so much for, and so those were kind of the things that I started kind of bringing out or shining light on for the, for different agents that they were like, oh, Will has certain things. And this is just one example that is going to help me grow my business. You got to, um, and it's changing so fast. The technology and the artificial intelligence in the world is changing so fast that, you can't ignore it. I think it was very intelligent for them to hire a 27-year-old manager. I mean, I think it was huge. So let's talk about a couple of things here. First of all, talk to me on a high level about how hard it was or how easy it was for you to shift gears. Because I think a lot of people, um, you know, I have a mentor of mine, Dr. Fred Gross, and he says we should, yeah. you should reincarnate yourself two or three times in your lifetime, meaning go from car sales to real estate sales to accountant or whatever. And I'm not saying that it should be that drastic, but that he said you should reincarnate yourself. Just change what you're doing after a while. You did that at a young age. You went from this very successful real estate agent to a broker or manager. 
how was that mentally and how hard was it for you to make that decision? So, yeah, it, it took a lot initially to kind of uh, wrap my head around it. The one thing, though, uh, just kind of stepping back, after I became a broker when I was 21, my father entrusted me to run his company as a principal broker, which is the guy who's responsible for everything. And I wore a lot of hats during that time, even though it was for three years and it was for a much smaller group than the group that I'm managing now. But I learned a lot you know, during that in terms of all the different things that goes into running a company or running a brokerage. So when I came on board as a managing broker after selling for a while, you know, I remembered a lot of those things and I try to implement them here. The, the difference is, you know, time management again, because as a, as a uh, broker, you're expected to be in the office every day. I and mean, as an agent, you can be playing golf if you wanted to, yeah, you know, sure. on a Wednesday morning. You can sell one house uh, a year. Yeah, and it's fine. Yeah, you can could, you could do whatever you want. So to me, that was kind of an initial shift is, all right, you know, your responsibility is now to a company, not yourself. You're more um, of a whole agent. Right? Correct. Sam Monreal has over 200 agents that he sifts through leads for every day at his company, Rockerbox. Dale Archdeacon coaches agents how to sift through leads on their team. Both are industry experts at incoming leads and outbound leads. Nobody is talking more about this subject than these two guys. They have given me the form that all their people, all their coaches, in Sam's case, all his sifters use to qualify potential seller prospects and to turn them into listing appointments. I'm gonna give this form to you for free just as a benefit of being a listener of Real Estate Rockstars. To get a free copy of this form, text SCRIPT, that's S-C-R-I-P-T, to 444-999. That's SCRIPT to 444-999. Instead of being beholden to one client, you're beholden to a whole bunch of agents. So it's good and it's bad. It's more structured and mm -hmm. it's more steady. Right, you don't have the sure. roller coaster ride of the commissions, but you've taken it to a whole nother level as well. And that's why you got picked from top thirty under thirty was as a broker was because instead of just being a, a regular old office manager, you jumped in and you you massively increased the amount of sales at the company. So, can you tell us like some best practices that you implemented? that other managers weren't like, how did you make that happen? You mentioned going to open houses. What is that about? You know, talk to me about what you did. Yeah. So some things that I did, I, I wanted to bring a group element or a, a kind of a, uh, bring the office together as a whole. So we were one. So everyone understood that I am here to help you. We as an office, we're the best office and bring in that kind of the rah-rah, if you were, as if you were the quarterback for a team, you know, bring that element to you know, this is a this is a family. This is a group. We're not just selling real estate. And so, some of the things that I implemented number first off was attending their brokers opens. That's my agents' brokers opens. You know, sometimes I'd go in there listen presentations or their buyer presentations to kind of show them, hey, I know what I'm doing. Here you go. Help them through it. We also would do a lot of community events. We do either charitable outreach or we'd have a happy hour every month. I'd always try to make something fun. You know, we'd have cook-offs. We'd have we'd have uh, parties around the holidays. But each month we'd have something on the calendar to do. 
I always also implemented the calendar. So the, the office that I had when I came in, I think they had a, a simple calendar, but I'm, you know, let everyone know up front, this is what's coming this week. This is what's coming next week. I also hold three trainings a week in my office, new agent training, contract training, and prospect training. So, you know, bringing those kind of elements to it. And then I'd go to a lot. I've been to people's weddings. I've been to people, you know, to agents, birthday parties out there, you know, try to bring in the whole connectivity to it as well was important. So that's something that I thought was very, and I also sent out business or not business, birthday cards to each agent each month. And we have recognition for agents with their, with their, you know, their top performances and their awards. We give out awards a lot. So we try to bring a lot of connectivity to the office. And then what about, what about the open houses? What's that about? So, yeah. So on Sunday, you know, I go out to the open houses and just, and preview properties, talk to people. So if I go to an open house and an agent is talking with a prospective buyer at that open house, why I'm there, I talk to them about how great the agent is, you know, and I want them to know that, you know, they're holding their open houses on a Sunday. I'm not about supporting them day in and day out with their activity. But you're going, but you're going to other brokers. That, that's a recruiting tool, right? I mean, you're like, hey, yeah, just getting to know we do that too. ABC real estate agent and XYZ real estate agent and say, hey, I'm the manager of the Weikert office. I'd love to take you out for coffee sometime. Yeah. And so I look at that and you can, you know, it's also during brokers opens as well. Um, and that's kind of the version of an open house where just real estate agents go. They're usually on Tuesdays, but use that as a recruiting tool, something that I've utilized um, to show them, Hey, I'm out here too. I don't, I don't think your broker's out here and uh, talk to them about their business. A lot of times I just sit down with them at an open house. If it's you know slow day and just talk to them about what's going on in their business. And if there's an opportunity for uh, what we have to help them out. And do you do some goal? Do you do goal setting with your agents? Like what do you accountability, mean? like you had mentioned, you sat down with them and you said, you know, here's where you're at. And- oh, goal setting. Yeah. 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 So I put together a strategic plan for all my agents each year. And then we assess that plan every month. And if they're either exceeding their expectations or they're not hitting their expectations, we need to reassess and kind of move the boat, if you were, or the ship towards where they need to be. Sometimes awesome. life events happen, but yeah. you know, we, we try to stay on track. In my book, in the whole second chapter is that, you know, that which is measured expands, right? And so Correct. you're you're basically keeping them accountable every month. Now, how do you follow, let's say I'm one of your agents and I told you I want to sell four houses this month and I sell two. What do you do? So we're going to sit down and say, okay, what activities did you do that we discussed the month prior that got you these two houses and then where in terms of either time management or what in terms of your follow-up or in terms of some other aspect of that? can we do better to make sure that we can get you to the fourth? So if that's something where you only held one open house and you really wanted to deal with, you know, four buyers that month, well, do you think you can hold two more open houses or three more open houses or how did you, or where did you hold those open houses? And we really break it down yeah, in terms of is the market that you, that you're kind of farming? Is it in an area that is new to you? You know, what's going on there, but also then other elements to that. So we really break it down and look at it from A to Z and uh, reassess if need be. Or, you know, hey, sometimes the market is the market. Say, okay, well, what can we do with the current market situation to kind of counteract that? Yeah, um, To right. make sure that we can get you before uh, transactions. And then, and then like, uh, obviously, you're not doing that for all 100 and some agents, right? You're just doing it for the ones that want to be held accountable, that want essentially free coaching from the manager, right? Like they're... they're yeah, yeah. They're, I, I mean, you have... Yeah, to that point. Yeah. And you have agents that, like I said earlier, you know, that have been in the business for a long time and, and you have to take a different approach. I'm not going to sit down, you know, one of my, uh, you know, $300 million agents and say, well, you need to do this. We're going to talk about, all right, you're here. What do you want to do? Do you want to bring right. on more people? Um, so in that case, I come on as more of a help, a help to recruit more people for their team or the right person for their team. 
and uh, help them vet that agent to see if it's a good fit, not only for the office, but for the team. So it's a little bit different of, of a role than you know sitting down and doing a strategic plan. But it's another thing that we do here. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And I can remember a pivotal moment, moment in my career. One time I was at Remax and the, the broker there, Leslie Rock, sat me down and she said, you know, Pat, I just noticed something the last three years that's been uncanny and that you, you're at 180000 between 180 and 181000 for three years in a row. She's like all within $1,000, which is weird to come to think of it now. <laughs> and um, she said, you know, I want you to start thinking about what it would take to break out of that ceiling there that you've seemed to set that you mm-hmm. might not know about subconsciously you've set the ceiling and I walked away from that meeting going, yeah, geez, I didn't even, I didn't even realize that, you know, I was just doing my same thing day in and day out. And I think that it takes a manager or a coach or, or at some point to let the agent know. I mean, a lot of agents might not even know that they told you they want to sell four houses and only sold two. And they're like, damn, is that it? Yeah, I guess I only did sell two last month. You know what I mean? So I think that's a huge part of the job, and that's probably why that you've gotten your office to jump so much. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, you know, there's someone else that is looking at the numbers, looking at your production, and if for some reason, you know, I see that there's a drop in production or that there's something else going on there, you know, I want to bring it to the agent's attention, um, but have a proactive conversation in doing so. I mean, that's something that I, you know, I take very seriously, and you know, and that's why, and in this role, and also a lot of times I put myself in their shoes in terms of different situations because of my experience as an agent. So it's, it comes across as a much easier experience than someone who might be in my role, but has never sold real estate. And in this industry, there are quite a few that have, that are in that situation. So I think it is important also from a management perspective that you have a background in, in the industry and having the uh, performance um, background to you know, shine light on when you're having these uh, discussions about where agents are and where they need to be or just you know, in a general day-to-day. Wow. Wow. Okay. So tell me a little bit about this free gift. As you know, all of our guests give a free gift to our rock star nation and we put it in a toolbox called the real estate rock star agent toolbox. And it's this treasure chest where agents could just go in there. It's completely free and, and pull stuff out. And you guys have this quick guide to the home buying process. Tell me about this. All right. So this is a quick 10 steps to buying a home. So one thing that I love to do when I was selling agents, when I was selling as an agent is working with first time home buyers. I love the education process. I love the add the value process of working with somebody who might not know anything about the home buying process to kind of get in them to settlement and then having them as a friend and, you know, a contact for pretty much the rest of my life. So I put a quick 10 step guide together for buying a house. I know there's a lot of different versions of them out there. There's a lot of different ways, you know, people can present this information, but this is just a snapshot boilerplate to how it's going to work out. So you have your initial consultation all the way through after settlement, you know, talk to them about what goes on in the background, why they're going through their day-to-day, what the agent will be doing, and then kind of just making it so it's a it's our roadmap. We're going to achieve this together. And so this is something that I'd always have on my buyer consultation. It's always, you know, something that, you know, I'd give them just to refer back to. But uh, nonetheless, it at least sets out the map and having the, uh, having the one through 10 step to kind of get them there throughout the process and remind them throughout where we are. 
So that's that's what I've provided for you today. Oh, well, that's awesome. Well, th- thanks so much for that. The brilliant part about real estate that I've always loved about it is it's just the ability to, re- to not have to recreate the wheel, right? And just and then duplicate someone else's stuff. And duplication or whatever you want to call it, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. You know, Will sure. is... Uh, such an abundant thinker that he's not thinking, you know, this says Will Wired from Wiker Realtors. You know, he doesn't mind you taking it, putting your stamp on it, putting your company name on it and using it to get more buyer deals in Tupelo, Mississippi. Thank you for doing that, Will. I'm going to put all of Will's information. If you want to reach out to him, send him a referral or two in uh, Old Town Alexandria he will get you set up as an office manager with the best agent because now as an office manager, he doesn't compete with his agents. That's something we didn't mention about, but gave up the business to be a fruitful and, and it's an effective manager. So anyways, hybendigital.com backslash Will W. And the reason I'm putting Will W, his last name's Wired, but it's spelled kind of funny or different and it'd be easier if I just do hybendigital.com backslash Will W. Will. Thank you, sir. Next time I'm in Old Town, we'll get together and break some bread. Hey, Pat. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. And if anyone out there needs any resources, I'm happy to provide anything and anything I've used. So just shoot me an email or contact me. And uh, I, I love sharing you know, all the good stuff. So uh, thanks again for having me on and uh, looking forward to meeting you at some time. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.